the amount of noise you're doing. What's up? That's cool. Oh, I'm digging this. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Welcome to the Crossroads Podcast from Isle of Baptist Church. I'm Travis, here with DJ Ethan Jago. <laughs> Uh, to discuss and answer difficult questions. Are we going to be playing that? In yeah, the I'm totally going to do that. <laughs> to discuss and answer difficult questions that young adults face concerning faith, theology, apologetics, and their implications on the Christian life. Uh, Ethan, how's the mixing life going today, man? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. So I was an exchange student in Germany uh, in high school. So my senior year, I got chosen to go study in Germany at a gymnasium over there. And when I was there, I was, I mean, I was fully integrated into the school, into the culture, into the city. It was a small city outside of Stuttgart called Allen. I was the only actual American there. There was like some other expats who had been there since they were like two. Anyway, where am I going with this? I realized I needed money to go out and hang out with my friends and I couldn't get a job. There was this ice skating rink near the school that had put out a flyer in one of the donor kebab shops saying, looking for a DJ no experience necessary Ooh. and i've always wanted like i've always loved music i mean when napster came out dude i was downloading full limewire all that stuff like making mixtapes so i went in and applied and the reason why i got hired was because they needed someone who obviously knew german but they wanted someone who could talk in english because in this small city uh it was just fun to hear english being talked over the loudspeakers and stuff so i had this huge cd binder uh, and I had some mixing tables and everything else. So I had spent a couple of weeks up there getting used to the system and everything else. And then researching like, what are some hits in Europe right now? Cause dude, Europe hits are way different than they oh, are yeah. in America, oh, completely yeah. different. And so I would be looking at, all right, what are some EDM trance hits? What's some mm -hmm. hip hop hits? What are some of this other stuff? And then what is going on in America? And so I'd be playing stuff. And then as I'm playing, I'd be like switching and I'd be scratching and then I'd be talking over the speaker. And what was funny is there was a phone down on the, like I was up in this booth, right? And, mm -hmm. and by no stretch of the means was this place packed. I mean, on like a Friday night, which is when I would DJ, there'd be maybe 80 to 90 people. Sometimes on like, okay, like celebrations, okay. there would maybe be a hundred. And there was a phone down on the, like right near the ice where they would call up to the booth and they would request songs. And sometimes I wouldn't have the songs and I would just have to go home later that night and download them. This okay. was before it was all illegal. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, ever since then, dude, like I, 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 I DJed for over a year doing that. And I came back to America and then I had done some small DJ gigs for birthday parties. Um, but like it was all that kind of stuff. And so I found this app uh on my ipad and i got my midi controller out and my son's been like killing it right now too so been using garage band and stuff like that so he and i have been making some sweet beats uh, sweet. in the living room and it's cool because we'll put it on the speakers in the living room and then my daughters will dance around and i'm like i need to get some lights like that can i can sync up to the beats and stuff so i can uh -huh. get like a whole experience in my living room so oh yeah yeah so that's how the djing business is going for us travis <laughs> 
<laughs> well, wow. Yeah, I'm going to let that totally intro out the uh, the episode today. Hey, hey the more you, you guys listen to Travis and I, the more you find out a l- little bit of <laughs> our right? back stories. <laughs> We're we're gonna we're gonna, I'm gonna get into that more with you at some point. <laughs> well, cool. Well, uh, are you ready for today's question, dude? Let's do it. And hopefully, this one we're not gonna go long. We're go back to our normal small 15, 20 minute pat podcast. Yeah, I think so. I think so. This is a pretty straightforward one. Question for today is: Is it really necessary that Jesus was both fully God and fully man? If it is true, why was it necessary, and why is his crucifixion so important to Christians? Yes, it is absolutely critical that we understand that Jesus was both fully God and fully man. Great verse for this uh, to help us understand is from Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 9. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Now, here's a problem that arose, uh, and it has kind of come up over several centuries, uh, is the the term docetism. Have you ever heard of the mm-hmm. term docetism? Yep. And for those of you who haven't or don't know what that is, essentially, it's, it's that God was not fully divine uh, when he was on the cross, is that it was just a human shell, if you will, and the, the divinity of God left the person, the man, Jesus. And so it was a man that died on the cross. So what would be the implications if Jesus was only a man with zero divine nature and died on the cross? It wouldn't be a perfect sacrifice. No. Well, not even that. Like, let's just say Jesus never sinned. The, 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 the man never sinned, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus, the man never sinned. Mm-hmm. And then he goes up on the cross. Now, two things I would like to say is, did Jesus claim to be divine? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He claimed that he and the Father are one mm-hmm. and that he has, a forgive, he has the power to forgive sins. Yep. So if Jesus was, in fact, just a man on the cross, then he has now, in the past tense now, future sense lied and so in fact he has sinned mm-hmm. right so one then he would no longer he, he's not sin sinless two his death would be just i mean if you kill a mortal body then best case scenario his death just paid for his own transgressions and he'll you know whatever but worst case i mean it mattered not at all if he was just a man yeah right and so the implications are if if jesus was not fully god and fully man <clears throat> the sacrifice, uh, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have mattered, right? And you have this verse in in Hebrews nine, uh, I think it's eleven through eight, or verses thirteen through fourteen. Uh, it says, "For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God?" And if you take that eternal spirit out of the equation, then that verse is just nullified. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's like the thread unraveling a sweater yep. throughout all of Scripture. Yeah. So let's, let, let's push on this. We have to accept the fact that, and, and I like um, the, the reformers had said, uh, uh, truly God and truly man. Uh, when you say truly God and truly man, our minds can understand that better as when, when we say fully God and fully man, it's so hard for our minds to really wrap around that. Mm -hmm. So it's still talking about the two natures being completely combined in perfect harmony in one essence. And I mean, my mind can't think of that. Right. Uh, 
that this is one of those things like the Trinity where our minds can only get us so far and there's like, I have no idea how to explain this. Now, here's a question that I've had and that I want to bring up with this question as we're continuing to answer this question. Did Jesus, and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to set you up for a trick and loaded question because no, this good. is a tough question. Did Jesus still have omniscience? Did Jesus still have mm. all the, what attributes did Jesus share with God? Well, and how do we reconcile his divine nature and his human nature? I mean, think about the woman at the well. Ah. You know, you have this moment where she comes to him and he's like, do you have a husband? And she says, yes. And he's like, well, no. In fact, you have five. And I know you have five. There's nothing there that says, you know, she's not wearing five wedding rings. <laughs> uh, you know, he just knows. He knows. He knows the the heart of the person. Uh, he knows, you know, he, yeah, he's fully God, fully man. And what's interesting about that is a lot of people specifically Christians have a hard time rationalizing this mm -hmm. where they said, no, 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 he, he stopped. He, he, he stopped having the attributes of God. Now, I think there's a distinction to be made that most people probably just haven't thought through is that one, let me say three things, is Christ never ceased being deity. No. Because if he's fully God and fully man, we have to know that he never ceased being deity. And you can look at Colossians chapter two, verse nine. Second, he added humanity to his deity, his glory was veiled in the flesh, mm -hmm. right? Because he took on the uh, nature of a man. The transfiguration was a display of Christ for a moment, unveiling his glory, which is seen in Matthew chapter 17, verses one through eight. Mm -hmm. And then thirdly, Christ voluntarily set aside or emptied himself of the independent exercise of some of his divine attributes, which you can see in Philippians 2, verse 7, which is what I opened up with. Mm -hmm. So we see he set aside his glory, which is John 17, 5, right? Because he couldn't walk around just being extremely radiant everywhere, yeah. right? Yeah. He set aside his independent authority, Philippians 2, 7. He set aside the open displays, his divine attributes, Matthew 24, 36. He set aside his eternal riches, 2 Corinthians 8, 9. And he set aside his face-to-face -face relationship with the Father, Matthew 27, verse 46. So since he did that too, does that answer the question that did Jesus ever stop being deity? No, he, he never stopped no, being yeah. deity. Now, what does this tell us though that this is he limited himself or he would set aside his attributes? Mm hmm uh, but like you said, too, I mean, <clears throat> and this is where I think our minds have just such a hard time wrapping our, how do you stop and not stop in the same, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm all powerful, but at the same time, I'm limiting myself to to know that. Um, it's it's power with restraint. Yes. And and we see that again when, you know, he's he's tempted in the desert. Uh, you know, you, you have this whole moment where, where Satan basically tempts him in the desert uh, and knowing that in a moment he could unleash his full glory and just obliterate. If but he wanted does not. to, yeah. Oh, yeah. He he handles that temptation as a righteous man would in that moment. Well, yeah, as a righteous man filled with the Holy Spirit with the knowledge of mm -hmm. God, which is interesting because so often we put ourselves in the driver's seat of, well, if I was God, I wouldn't choose for this to happen. Yeah, we see what Jesus, when he who is God in the form of man, chose to deny himself even in the temptation. 
mean, think about how easy it'd be for like, you know what? I'm going to have a Taco Bell pop up right here because if he's all knowing, he knew, you know what I mean? Like it just blows our minds. So a great, uh, a great way that I like to frame this is he voluntarily set aside the independent use of each to the will of his father. And he mm-hmm. functioned under the power of the Holy Spirit to fulfill Hebrews chapter four, verses 14 through 16. So let's look at Hebrews chapter four. Uh, and this is going to help us answer the question and then we can move on. But I just think it's important for us to, to really understand this. Um, cause if I don't believe this, then my goodness. So if we look here at Hebrews four fourteen, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So what this is talking about is the beautiful correlation and the union between his deity and his humanity is that he was walking and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. He was being led by the Holy Spirit. And you see that happen when he prays the Garden of Gethsemane uh, mm-hmm. in a lot of other instances. But the reason why he had to be both fully God and fully man, this verse answers that, is we had to have a high priest who could, one, pay the the the, the ransom due, right, for the sin, to pay the wages of sin. And then, two, uh, we needed someone who had also been through every single temptation that mankind had been through, yet do it without sin. Mm-hmm. You know, often you hear, you know, Jesus being referred to as a second Adam. Uh, well, that is the reason why is the first yeah. Adam sinned, the second Adam, Jesus did not sin. Yeah. So I think it's important for us to fully grasp that. Now, what was the last por- part of that question? So I think we very, entered the first bit. Yeah, the very last part of that question is, <clears throat> if it is true that God was both fully man and fully God, uh, if it is true, why was it necessary and why is his crucifixion so important to Christians? So I kind of I, I kind of have this one, like why is it necessary for the crucifixion to take place okay. if that is true? Okay. Um, so if you go back to Leviticus, mm. which throwing back into some Old Testament stuff, <laughs> uh, God commands against consuming blood by saying, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. If there is no flesh and blood, then there can be no atonement. So the crucifixion is necessary because it fulfills atonement for sin by a blood sacrifice. Holy smokes. Say that say the reference of that verse from Leviticus. It's so it's Leviticus seventeen eleven is is where that is. Y'all need to is. write that down. That's yeah. that's fire right there. That say is, that say that again, Travis. That was legit. It is one of my favorite Old Testament verses. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. So blood sacrifice is the only thing that can cover sin. Now, the thing about that is in in the Old Testament, those blood sacrifices, uh, you can even go to Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verses 11 through 12, and it says, and every priest stands daily at his service offering repeatedly the same Uh. sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. So Christ's sacrifice was now sufficient and no further blood sacrifice was necessary. 
But in the Old Testament, it's a type and picture leading up to the perfect sacrifice, which was to come, which is fully man, fully God, divine nature, and flesh and blood sacrificed on a cross to cover our sins. And the way in which it does that for all eternity is because of his attributes of being deity. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> because one of the attributes of God is his eternality. And Jesus shares those attributes. And so therefore, like that verse you said in Hebrews is we no longer have to have this daily because Jesus did it once and it's eternally, it's set into motion, it's done. Mm -hmm. So that's the, re dude, that beautiful. So there are these, there are these parts to, uh, there's this thing called the Heidelberg Catechism. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are these, these two questions and answers posed in it. Um, why does he have to be a true and righteous man? And the answer to that in the catechism is he must be a true man because the justice of God requires that the same human nature which has sinned should pay for sin. He must be a righteous man because one who himself is a sinner cannot pay for others. Mm -hmm. And then if you read on, why does he also have to be God uh, in question 17? So that by the power of his divinity, he might bear the weight of God's anger and his humanity and earn for us and restore to us righteousness and life. So those two things like together, like kind of explain like, why does a fully, why does the sacrifice have to be fully God and fully man, divine mm -hmm. nature and human nature together? And it's because that really was the only way yeah. to pay for sin and cover sin for all time. And and we've talked about this too, Travis, I, I feel like we have, is that everything in scripture points to the culmination in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. Old Testament points forward, New Testament looks backwards. And the central theme of everything about God's redemptive plan is fulfilled in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And the resurrection, so crucifixion was key, but what comes with that, that has to come with that, is because if he had stayed dead, then again, it means nothing because then yeah. he had not yet covered or conquered sin and death is the resurrection. Like that is like the grand finale, if you will, is yep. like, the, the crucifixion is like the, the high, high point, and then the resurrection is the grand finale because without the resurrection, I mean, everything else, if Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 15, is if there is no resurrection of the dead, then we are the most to be pitied, you know? And mm -hmm. so the centrality of the resurrection through all of Scripture, I mean, the verse in Leviticus, it's pointing to the death of Christ and the future culmination of the incarnation of Christ, Christ coming down, but at the same time, it's also echoing and foreshadowing the resurrection. Mm -hmm. And so we as Christians need to just, I mean, I would darn, no, this is a salvatory issue. If you don't think that Jesus was fully yeah. God and fully man, I don't think you can truly trust in Jesus. No. Because Jesus claimed to be deity. He he claimed to be uh, one with the Father, as though, although, as we saw in Philippians, he did not count equality to be something to be grasped. He humbled himself, right? He emptied right. himself. But at the same time, he also said, I and the Father are one, and I, I do the will of my Father. So we see here he humbled himself, but at the same time, he is still claiming to be deity. I mean, you say the Son of God, I mean, you're claiming to be deity. And so without that, dude, I mean, what, why would we even believe in Christianity, which is yeah. the biggest difference between Christianity and every other world religion? Oh, yeah. No other religion has any miraculous claims the way that the Bible has the miraculous claims. No other religion uh, even has uh, any kind of evidence to verify those claims. Uh, for instance, in, in, uh, in the Quran, the Quran, uh, I can't remember the reference, but the Quran said that the moon split in two. Mm-hmm. Well, there's been 
no evidence of that. There has been no uh, secondhand corroboration or extra uh, Quran resources or references or eyewitness testimony to that. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the other miracle claim is that the Quran came into being out of nothing. Uh, and so that that kind of came out. I mean, that's two. Yeah. Right. Uh, Muhammad never claimed uh, to be the son of God. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a, I mean, I mean, think about that, dude. I mean, it's, it's such a bold, oh, yeah. bold claims within Christianity. That's like, I mean, it's so bold. You don't make claims like that. I mean, you just don't. No, I mean, it's bold to say this 2000 year old dude is still alive. <laughs> like uh, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty, uh, that's a pretty bold claim. I mean, even at the time. Not only is he alive, he died, and now he's alive, and is still alive today. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, and that's the difference between his resurrection mm -hmm. and the other individuals that res that rose from the grave again is they had to die again. Yeah, but Jesus didn't. He rose and ascended into heaven. Mm -hmm. You know, and it, dude, it's just it's so crucial for us to grasp. Like, I I feel like there's like this limit we have in our minds of like, yeah, 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 it's a good story. And I know, you know, and I trust that Jesus did, but my goodness, like there's so much data and evidence and there's so many different ways we can show you and that scholars and other individuals have attested to and verified that in fact, there was an individual named Jesus. Mm -hmm. We know that he made these claims. We know that he died. We know the tomb in which he was buried. And we know that we saw him rose from the grave and appeared over 500 people. It's a fact. Yeah. It's a fact. I mean, there's physical evidence. That's the thing. There's like there's so actual much physical, you can you can touch it evidence of of those things happening. But dude, I just feel like a lot of us don't live our lives as if it is yeah. actually true. No. It's like, yeah, I know George Washington existed and I know that I live in America, but eh, whatever. You know, it's like, no, like Jesus did in fact rise from the grave. Yeah. He conquered sin and death and he did it on our behalf. Yeah. I feel like if we really fully grasp that, and we may not ever fully grasp it this side of glory, but it, like I, I just think we need to contemplate on that. Yeah. Do we really believe this? Like, do do I really think that there was a physical bodily resurrection? That Jesus was actually a physical person who died, was put in the grave, and physically rose again? If you're like, yeah, I, I think it's definitely possible. I, come on, you gotta get off that fence, and you gotta be all in. Yeah, because I mean, you can't you can't really be one way or the other. If you, if you go, he was fully man, then he was just a good man. You know, he he was just uh, what's the term you always hear people say? I, I believe he was a prophet. Like yeah. uh, you know, uh, and then if he was fully God, like like we covered, there's no there's no blood sacrifice, there's no atonement. There's and we're, know, we're basing our whole religion off of a lie. If yeah, if the claims that Jesus gave were not true or are not true, yeah, but all those claims that he he claimed to be deity and everything else. If the resurrection did happen, which it did, the only way possible for someone to rise from the grave is if God Almighty, uppercase G, resurrected him, mm -hmm. which verified his truth claims, which verified everything else that he did. I mean, just you could you could attack this like thirty different ways to prove the resurrection, yeah. in in you know with evidence, with reason, with logic. I mean, with experience, with I mean, you could just go on and on in exhaustion and be like, "Yes, this happened." Yeah, and you know, all the all the debates and skeptics that have popped up about no, he didn't really die, or it was a mass illusion, or it was grief visions, or this and that. It's like you can systematically just pull those out and be like, "Yeah, that's not the case." Yeah, no. Well, do you think we answered this question? I think so. I think we uh, I think we pretty much put a nail on that one. So, 
Yeah, very cool. Well, thanks so much for listening to the Crossroads Podcast. Crossroads is the premier young adult ministry in the city of Pensacola, and you can find out more at olivebaptist.org slash youngadults. You can also DM your questions to the Crossroads Instagram at Crossroads at Olive. We hope to see you there, and to see you next time for the Crossroads Podcast. We're going to jam for a second as uh, DJ Ethan rolls us out. Good time, dude.